The Foul Life with Chad Belding is back on the mic. And on today's episode, Chad's beaming with Sooner Pride as he's joined by guests are Falco, JD Black, Josh Teff, Aaron Seafritz. The boys have the mallards patterned and they're zeroing in for the kill. Man, boys, if I'm hunting, I'm happy. But the Falco Outfitters crew knows that the best laid waterfowl plans often go awry. Brother, let me tell you something. Just when you think you've got these things figured out, you don't. And make sure you follow the foul life on socials and become a part of the crew. It is like a big family here. Brotherhood, a family. The Foul Life with Chad Belding is proudly presented by Benelli, Yukonuba, Traeger Grills, Corning Ford, and Greenhead Gear Decoys. Now, here's the Foul Life's Chad Belding and special guests, J.D. Blagg, Josh Teff, and Aaron Seifritz of Falco Outfitters. Waterfowl hunting is cool because there's so many different elements, and I guess there isn't a lot of hunting, but waterfowl hunting is so complex in my opinion. Even though you can, the secret is to simplify it and try to make it simpler, but it's so complex. With, yeah. When you start taking into all the pieces of that puzzle that create consistent success, whether it's grit, determination, whether it's weather, whether it's mother nature, scouting, communication, networking, decoys, calling, communication, dog work, flagging, concealment, being, you know, there's so much, mm-hmm. not to mention the financial investment. Right? right. Yeah. So like the barrier of entry is, is huge in waterfowl hunting. And I think it's really intimidating. And I think if you don't find some sort of success in one of those aspects, that it'll bury your ass. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like if no you get an orange vest and a rifle, you become a pretty good rifle shot. You right. can be successful. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Yeah. And the, you know, waterfowl, especially like I, I remember we were talking about Trey Crawford last night and I, I wouldn't be a duck hunter if it weren't for duck calling, you know, like that's what I got into first. And then that's what kind of spawned the whole passion for it. But he told me, I remember him, we're sitting in Wayne Betts's shop and he goes, he goes, brother, let me tell you something. Just when you think you've got these things figured out, you don't. And there's lots of times where you kind of go on a run, you know, like we've done it here several times. Like, you know, was like we can't do anything wrong. Get a little confidence and lose a little humility. And the next day they're just like, yeah, you don't know nothing. You know, we got you today. You lose. So, yeah, it's like always trying to just pick apart what can screw something up and the very the one or two variables that just might not be just right. And most of the time they come back to bite you, you know, if you don't pay attention they to do, it. Because you guys got videos that you show to where you're landing multiple, like thousands of birds, not hundreds, thousands. Yeah. And then today they pick one thing, you know, whether it's the wind or the frost, the frost will get you right. Right. And for those birds to pick that up and to change your entire success ratio right yeah all of a sudden you're like and, and, and every day is awesome don't get me wrong the hunt was it, every hunt has its own special meaning yeah but i like that part of it too i like to go i wonder if them little bastards saw that frost on those decoys and that's what ruined our day now the frost would have been gone 20 minutes later if the sun gets up a little bit right yeah and yeah. it was 20 yesterday it was 44 for the low today it's 25 why did they get up so early usually yeah. they'll let the earth warm up a little yeah. bit yeah. so all of that you're just like damn it this is a cool life lifestyle or a fun passion to chase because you can't figure them out right you can't, even though you get them four days in a row on that fifth day, you don't get them. You're like, I can't wait to get back there. Yeah. yeah. That brings me back. From Arkansas that moved over. Oh, man. back. hard to be cocky. Yeah. We got track. We got I'll track. tell you this too. And baseball. Like, right. uh, yeah. Baseball, basketball is yeah. pretty good. Kind of back to that though. Like, you know, we have had a lot of success and, you know, that's really fun and awesome. 
But then, you know, I mean, we killed 20 birds today. So it's like, you know, yeah, they didn't 100% cooperate like they have been. And we didn't land 3,000 geese today. But, like, I remember years where we'd have been, like, thanking the Lord that we killed 20 birds. Yeah, and I think that that's what I want people to understand. And, by the way, we're with Falco. We're with J.D. and Josh and and Aaron, the founders, right? Yep. Um, One thing that I really liked is, is you got a slogan in there. That on your ammo bags in the case. Go ahead and say it. Traditions over conditions. And I think that if you take that word conditions and really pick it apart, like do like a like a forensic audit on that word, it's really cool when it comes to waterfowl hunting. Yeah. Like like we just mentioned one condition, right? Frost. Yeah. Like you, if you take the tradition of the the morale building, the team building, the handshakes, the smiles, the memories, the camaraderie, the friendship, the kinship, the hugs, mm. the high fives, the smiles, the conversation, all of that, and you and you take it over that one condition of frost yeah it wipes it out right, right. it just yeah, destroys it it's not just weather i mean it's like whatever you whatever it is you know it's like you know the idea that you got to kill a limit every time well that's a condition you know like yeah. you don't have to to enjoy it I'm, i remember in 2006 i did a hunt uh with texas trophy hunters the only duck hunt they ever filmed and we got to hunt with marion mccullum from max and i i just met him and he we're, we're sitting in a timber hole at Slick McCollum's and, you know, everybody's cutting up. There was no ducks. It was cloudy and warm and it was like the worst conditions you could ask for to hunt in the woods. And he's just over there with a big smile on his face, you know, and, and somebody said, Marion, how you doing? And he's like, man, boys, if I'm hunting, I'm happy, you know, and he, he could have cared less if we killed 50 ducks or, you know, none. He was just happy to be alive and happy to be there. And I think over time, you know, like that's the place you get to. They talk about waterfowl hunters going through stages and you get, you get from the, I want to go cause this is cool to the, I got to shoot my gun to, I want to kill a limit every time or I'm not happy to, you know, I want to take somebody else. And then, and then before you know it, you're kind of back around to why you started just because you just want to go. You just want to be able to be there man. for whatever, you know, whatever happens, let it happen and do your best. But at the end of the day, it's not about killing birds. You know, it's, it's a lot of fun to kill birds and that's where you, you, you kind of embed those memories in your mind of those days that are just epic. But I mean, I got a lot of good memories of days that weren't too, you know? Yeah. But what, what we talk about is it's really important that you go through those stages. Like, I mean, I think that there's something important about going through the stage where like you want to kill. I mean, first of all, we're absolutely to do that. Yeah. But secondly, I think that you get to your final destination, which is like really what it's about, which is watching the sunrise, which is being with your buddies, being out in God's creation. Yeah. And like you were saying, it's, it's the, I think that journey is really important to get to where you need to be at the end. You're like a bunch of like different levels of maturity. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. You mature through your, your hunting career. Yeah. Yeah, man, no doubt. You know, like, like in I, anything. And that's the other part. Besides the, besides the traditions over conditions slogan, the, the, the pictures on all the doors going into your rooms mm-hmm. in the lodge. Mm-hmm. I spent a lot of time looking at those revolving pictures mm-hmm. and there's a lot of them that aren't limits. Yeah. You mm-hmm. know, and that's cool. Like the pictures we took today. I love that. Like I like grabbing a couple birds, like, and just being like, Hey, there could be 50 dead ones, yeah. but I don't need all of them. I don't yeah. need that pile in there. And I'm not saying that's not cool. You know, we'd stack them up once in a while and you get a really good picture. Yeah. But I really like the, that you guys, don't need every to show Falco off is this that every day is an absolute because it's not no. it's not realistic not I know real social life. media has made people think that everybody kills a limit every day yeah. Yeah. but it's not realistic no it's absolutely not 
And the other thing, you know, like I've wanted to talk about this on a podcast for a long time. It's like when you when you're on the internet and you're you're doing social media and and uh, you're a part of that whole world. You know, everybody's got an opinion, and it's an open forum, and they can say whatever they want to say at any given moment. And it, and like the the underlying frustration is that as hunters, I don't care how somebody does it. I don't care what tools they use. It doesn't matter. At the end of the day, like we should all be encouraging more of this because it's a dying tradition. And anybody that I've ever known who's raised their kids hunting and fishing, almost all of them tend to grow up to be pretty round or well-rounded adults. And so when you get people who are going to say, well, you guys shouldn't have shot into that many birds or you just educated a bunch of birds or, you know, you shouldn't have called the shot that early or, you know, you're sky busting or whatever it is. Like, dude, like, just encourage people to go. Who cares how they do it, what they use, where they're doing it, whatever it is. It's like, man, I, lo- I love Michael Waddell because he has beat this drum for so long. Yeah. You know, and he's always like, as long as you're legal and you're doing it within the confines of the law, go out and have a good time. You know, let it be whatever it's going to be. Exactly. Go out and hunt and fish and, and be the outside. In, the infighting has to stop. Dude, we got terrible. enough people that want us gone. I hate Ugh. that. I hate that so bad. But, you know, it's kind of human nature, and everybody's got an opinion all the time about something, and it is what it is. It probably won't ever change, but I wish it would. I but how did they would. get them out before social media? They'd have to, like, come to a live show and, yeah, no and, like, kidding. and That's like, right. say, like, you're the worst I've ever seen. Yeah. Okay, well, let's have a talk. <laughs> yeah, now right. it's like everybody's Siskel and Ebert, and they can just thumbs up you or thumbs down, and then add on top all their dialogue of, what, of who you are. Like, it's just – I agree 100%. It's like if it's legal and it's ethical – Get more people involved. Yeah. Because really what are we doing is hunters yeah. or ambassadors or people flying this flag, four of us sitting here right now. Our job is to encourage somebody, whether it's a man, a woman, to get their kids or their brother. It's it's crazy to know that 10% of this country's population hunts. Yeah. yeah. That's nuts. Yeah. And it's the best thing in the world. Absolutely. Like you said, if you're raised in the outdoors, you're raised right. Yeah. But I know a lot more people fish. Yeah. But hunting is unbelievable it, it truly is a blessing like the, the amount of times you're on your knees looking up at god going thank you is like really what it's about like this is yeah not obviously it's not there without him i get that yeah but for us not to recognize the fact that this isn't because of us these these birds <laughs> cooperating is not because we're good callers right okay there i'm not saying that good callers don't come out on top and are successful and that calling's not important but i'm telling you that i've been calling my butt off and been working mallards and the dog's bringing three back and we're just sitting there goofing around and one minute later 10 of them light right in the decoys with no call yeah, right. and i'm like that just shows you that yeah. come on man just yeah. the egos have got to stop it's like it doesn't matter who's the best caller right it doesn't matter it, it just enjoy it take it yeah. for what it's worth you know what i mean and that's what i've enjoyed here the last few days is like you guys really strive to show that whole experience right. of like hey this is you do the blessing before dinner you got great meals your chefs are talking they're they're engaged they're thankful for every client that comes through that door they don't take them for granted you know that's mm-hmm. that's a big thing that people notice of like this is not a place where you're going to come and pile them up every day. And then when every client leaves, they are as happy as when they got here. Right. Even if they don't have a hundred percent limits every single time. That's right. right. It's because of all those other factors. Yeah. I mean, it's, it is like a big family here. I mean, JC, one one of our boys that just walked in here, 
we talk about it all the time. Like we're like brothers. I mean, we get disgruntled like brothers. We hug like brothers, you know, I def- we defend each other like brothers. And really that I, I feel like it's hard to take credit. I feel like that just kind of organically happened, but we have people. It's, it's all about the people and it's not about how unbelievable they are at their job. But, uh, you just almost like feel the love in this place, not to get cheesy, but like, you know, there's just a connection that we have. I mean, I feel it and I'm here every day. Yeah. Right. And I think, you know, our clients feel the same way. They come here and they just feel like they're home. Yeah. Um, so that's cool that you said that. I, I appreciate that. No, it's it's very evident, and you see it, and you appreciate that because there's. I, I travel the whole season. You know, I'm on the, in a different place all the time, and it, it it gets refreshing when you see that to where it's not tedious. It's not. Um, it's. I guess the best thing is like it's not a job, even though this is your livelihood. Yeah. You guys make it to where it is a brotherhood, a family. Yeah. Um, there's women around. They're respected. There's daughters around and sons. Everybody's treated equally. Absolutely. Um, and I think that. Going back to what you said earlier, is I think that's what hunting teaches you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, dude, it's I, like a, it's like the like it teaches you patience. It teaches you long suffering. I mean, you can go a long time without you know, especially when you first get into it, like finding success and and understanding whatever it is you're doing, deer hunting, turkey hunting, bass fishing, whatever it is outside. It takes a skill set to be able to be successful. So it teaches you all of these life lessons, and I mean, it carries over and and here. Like, I know all three of us, like, we're not the same people. I mean, we had an idea, you know, uh, of how we wanted things to run. But over time, it's like you're just, you're constantly learning, you know, how to navigate the human condition. And we've, it's run the gauntlet here. You know, we've had guys that have hit really hard times in their lives who have been customers of ours. And like, why do you call your duck guy to get counsel or or get some relief from whatever it is? And that happens a lot. And I think it's just because like, there's like this natural connection that happens in the outside, you know, when you're in this environment, you know, you got a common goal. We're all kind of on the same team. We we're like all working towards the same goal. And before you know it, like you've got this kinship going with these people that you just met. And by the time they leave, like we're close, like we're tight. We're part of a, a group, you know? And so I, I guess that's why, you know, it's like an immediate connection and it's all because we're all together outside doing something we really love and appreciate so i think that's kind of the secret sauce here man it's just like we don't we don't put near as much emphasis on anything we put emphasis on everything but nothing as much as the relationship part what is the most a hater has ever hurt you personally each of you has it happened adversity is a big word to me because it, it that's what life is like life will kick you in the ass a oh, lot yeah. okay Absolutely. like I, you're in high school and you got your letterman's jacket on your girl sitting between your legs at a basketball game yeah. you're on top of the world sure. and enjoy it right live it up yeah and, and that's that's awesome then there's college there's all again different maturity levels of life life is not easy mm-hmm. it's awesome and we're blessed to have it right every single day but what has anything ever transpired in your guys's you guys have got some success in seven years oh yeah you're out there yeah you're a destination of all states oklahoma Mm -hmm. it's not stuttgart right it's not the eastern shore it's not florida (laughs) i'm not talking waterfowl in florida it's a huge outdoor destination yeah absolutely it's not alaska it's oklahoma yeah okay so you've gotten some success you're out there you represent the sport you wear it on your sleeve Mm mm-hmm 
you're unapologetic about it. Mm-hmm. You're not humbled by it because you guys are all humble anyway. I can already see that. So it didn't take success to, to provide humbleness, which I think is a big life lesson in itself. Sure. You should always be humble. Yeah. You know, I hate when I hear people say, man, that, that experience really humbled me. I really think that it's, it should be said different, but that's a different conversation. Um, I would what, what has happened? What, what's that? I would agree. You, okay. You, you know, said. we can talk about yeah. that too, but what, what has, has anything ever got to you to where it kept you up at night? Man, I got called, uh, I knew at a pretty young age is what I wanted to do. So uh, the amount of times I got called Peter Pan growing up, you know, just from the time I was 20 till now to get this point in my career. Um, but it was a driving factor, you know, I mean, that came from direct family members, friends, customers, you know, uh, when you go and get a real job, I don't know how many times I heard that, but, um, I mean, I turned that into, you know, fuel for the fire is actually what it is just because, uh, I don't know, most people, I guess, won't believe that you'll stick something out that long. But I guess if you truly love it, you will. So perseverance. Yes. Yeah. Peter yeah, Pan I, is perseverance. What, what do you got? Man, so to be honest, I'm a people pleaser. Like it's in, it's like built into me. And I keep, like one of the hardest things for me to deal with is when I, even if I know I'm right, like I feel like someone feels like they've been wronged by me for whatever reason it is. And so I don't, I'll always just to, just so I don't lose sleep at night. I've always been one. Even if I know I'm right, I'm going to call and, and jump on the grenade, you know, just to salvage whatever relationship it is. And, I, and I've done that with the worst relationships I've ever had. There hadn't been many, but I've done that. But I, I would say as far as like a hater, like there was something about a month ago. And basically what it was is we have a video series called beyond the blind and we did this video i think last i don't know if this is from last maybe this is before that we did a video two years ago and it was just a video that kind of showed the what went on throughout the season and there's part of it where i'm just like talking about how a lot of people who don't do this for a living you know who think that being an outfitter or a guide or whatever it is is just all fun and games and you're just going hunting and it's you know it's gravy every day and that's not the case. You know, there's a ton of work that goes into it and you kind of work harder than you ever have because you're passionate about it. You know, they say you do something you love for a living and you'll never work a day in your life. Well, I don't, that's, that's not true. I think you do something you're really passionate about. You're going to work harder than you've ever worked in your life because you're super passionate. So that's what this video clip was. And then, you know, I see this post from someone um, I used to have uh, had a connection with and it's like, you know, somebody, I'm whining. I'm whining about the, the fact that we're doing work. And why don't you try to go and do a bunch of habitat work to give back and don't be such takers, essentially. You know, like assuming that all we do around here is just go kill stuff and, and we don't give anything back, knowing nothing about what we do. So I was like, for a few days, I was like, man, I'm, I need to, I'm going to call this out. Like, I can't stand this. Like, I don't, I, it just got all over me. But at the end of the day, I was like, no. I'm not going to, you know, like it's, it's not worth it. And, and I'm going to let it, let it roll. And, but that one, that one burned me pretty good. Cause it's like, you have no clue. You have no idea what we do, what we've done, what we're about, who we are. And it was like, well, some people you're just not going to change, you know, no matter what they're going to have an opinion and it is what it is and let them be, you know? So that's hard for me. Like just let things kind of like you were talking about earlier, Chad, it's like sometimes when they really hit a button on you, it's like it's really hard not to engage. Yeah. But most of the time, the best thing to do is just not engage. Well, let me ask you this before JD gives his 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 example. I was having this conversation on the drive here. What is the high road? And the reason I ask that is that everybody 
because y'all saw it. I mean, he even looked at me in the blind and he goes, they always on you like this. Like, and part of me wants to be embarrassed, but part of me, my dad's part of me and my mom, the way they raised me won't allow it to get to me like that to where, like, cause I know who I am. But when it's, when it is dark time and it's alone time and you're lonely or you're driving, you do think, I mean, every man or woman does. And if they don't, they're lying. So I, I really start to dig, like, wonder why, wonder, wonder why that person said that. And then when you want to strike back, like you said, you pump the brakes and like Mr. Tom told me, he goes, write the email to yourself and then read it the next day and then see if you still want to send it. Right. Very good. Or write the text yourself and just send it to your own. And, but what is the high road? Is the high road what you did and saying, nah, let's just let that go undaunted. Or is it to hit them with some facts and, and to really show them that, Success doesn't just happen. This wasn't just inherited and given to us. This is a lot of sweat equity. This is a lot of a lot of elbow grease. It's there's so much that goes into building a brand, right? And to keep it going, yeah. like everybody yeah. says, like you can get there, but can you stay there? Right. And it's funny because like that ladder's going up, right? And you're on the the bottom rung, and you get to the second one, and everybody's like, "Go, Chad." Go Falco, go. And they're got their hands on your butt cheeks, pushing you up the ladder. Yeah. Yeah. And then you get up on that top rung. And then it's like what Taylor Swift said, that people want to throw rocks at things that shine. Yeah. And you're like, why? You were supporting me the whole way, but then all of a sudden you want me yeah, to fall happened? back down. What happened? Yeah. And yeah. so I'm always wondering what the high road is. Is like, do you hit them with the facts and let them know what's really going on? Or are you really like what you ended just talk about? It's like, you just can't change them and it's better just to, to move on. But man, I have a hard time yeah. with that term, the high road all the time. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. Think- I understand that. And I will say that today in the blind or, uh, leading up to this, all those dudes were like, we love Chad so much, we always give him shit. So I feel like it's like the coach that like always picks on the dude that they love yeah. at practice where you're like, God, lay off me. Yeah. And really? He's like, no, I love you. That's why I'm doing it. And, you know, I love it when, when I get picked on by buddies. Yeah. Most of the guys here had to figure out, like, us as Southern men, if we're like, Razzing you is because we like Because we like If we don't like it, we'll waste our <laughs> we ain't talking you. to you. Then yeah. being from Oklahoma, they didn't really have That's exactly that right, dude. That's exactly. Well, I mean, my whole life, my gosh, I don't think there was a lot of positive things said. <laughs> you know? <laughs> it was because they love me, which is so counterintuitive. I, th- I think <laughs> it is. I know. I think it's like, so everybody roots for an underdog. And when you're at the bottom, you're an underdog. So you're going to get natural, you know, support. And then when you get to the top, I'm not saying we're at the top or anything, but I think when you do have some success, it's like envy starts to slip, starts to, to come yep. into play. And then the other deal, too, is like they it's like an assumed loss of humility. You know, it's like because they've had success, they think they're better than everybody else, you know. And then so there a little bit of envy takes hold, even though, yeah, like you said, the same people might have been really supportive and, and pushing you along because you're the underdog when you start. You know, who knows what's going to happen? But it's that, but like, what's the high road, Chad? To me, it's, it's WWJD. You know, what would Jesus do if in this situation, what would he do? How would he handle it? And that's a, sometimes that's a hard question to answer, but most of the time it's not. Yeah. Most of the time it's, you're going to be as humble as you can be. You're not going to lose your witness, you know, and, and that situation. And you're going to, that's, that's the high road is what, how would Jesus handle it? Yeah, because, you know, and that really, even that statement, 
is situation by situation because there was times when Jesus did bring the freaking truth. That's so, right, hundred percent. And, right. and and it was with Pharisees, right? You know, yeah. And he would be like, "Hold on, who do you think you are?" Exactly. I'm going to go hang out with these people that you don't expect me to be hanging out because they're the ones that need to be loved on. That's right. So I mean, like, I think that situation. I do think there's times where you got to bring the truth. There's no question. There's sometimes where you got to look look at somebody and go, "Hey, you got it wrong," and I'm going to let you know that. And then there's sometimes where I think you just got to be like, "Is this really working?" Gage? Yeah, right. And what's the end result? You know, I mean, that's the that's the thing is like thinking before you make a decision on how and what you're going to do. Like, what is the probable outcome yeah. of it if yeah. I engage? You know, which in that situation it was like, "Ain't nothing going to change." This is going to be the same. So there's no reason for me to. And I'll tell you what, the, the instance Josh was talking about was a direct missile at us. Yeah. This, this gentleman did. And Josh had, I mean, this was a perfect time for him to go, you know what, you son of a, you know what? Yeah. And, you know, I've done that recently too. Sure. Yeah. And uh, where you just go, you know what, I'm going to let it lie and it's not worth it. And we're going to keep doing us and that's going to win in the end. Look, uh, bad business always corrects itself. Good, good business always wins. When you, when you're honest, you do, do what you say you're going to do. You are who you are. You don't change who you are based on who you're around. Uh, and you keep the mission. You're going to win. Yeah, I totally agree with that. Yeah, I agree. Keep the main thing, the main thing, and don't let whatever happens, good or bad, impact who you are. And things tend to work themselves out pretty good. I don't know if that answers your question. No, it does. It, it, uh, does. it, does. it does. But you know what's hard? It's really hard, though, to engage. So back to social media. It's hard to bring facts on social media. Yeah. It's a lot easier to bring facts in person. Yeah. Because people are different people when you're face-to-face. Very different. Right? Yeah. So, I mean, like, there's people that might say something to us online. But if they're in front of us, buddy, they ain't going to say that. No. Uh-uh. And they don't mean it as much. No, that's what social media is allowed. That's everybody. right. Everybody, nobody's accountable. And like what Mike Tyson's great quote was, everybody's a tough guy until they get punched in the mouth. That's exactly. Yeah. Right. Not that violence is the answer, but you could hit him with the facts that are going to make him go like, wow. Like, I mean, like here, here, if you want to really have transparency, like everybody comes with a reputation. I come with a reputation. I've, I've known, I'm not an idiot. I'm not ignorant. <laughs> Flat bill wearing, skateboarding, punk, <laughs> West Coast rapping, freestyle rapping, doesn't know his ass about flooded timber. I've heard it all. I mean, I could sit here and talk for five days about what I've heard. Right. So my goal would be to come to a place like Falco and make it a good experience and to get to know the real people. Like, you guys get to know the real me. Right, I get right. to know the real. And then you judge. And then if I leave here today or tomorrow and you tell Chase Rice, that dude's a mother effer, then that's that's the chance I took. Right. But right. at yeah. least it was in person, yeah. and at least there was an opportunity to do the right thing. Yeah, yeah. I never would have had the right thing without sitting here right now. It would have been like what you heard about me, or you go on and remark something on social media, or you go on and read somebody else's critique or their comment, and then you try to make your own off of that. Well, most people are making their own conclusions off of what's being said by people that have never met you or me or anybody else. And that's not fair. Nope. And that's where the high road comes in is like, how do you get to that high road without, you know, without being able to go, look, man, you don't even know what you're talking about. Yeah. yeah. And so my whole goal in coming here when Rob and them invited me was like, man, I hope it's a great experience. I hope it, it turns out to be positive and there could yeah. be a doors that open. There could be lifelong friendships. Yeah. There could be anything that comes out of it. Right. But if you just go, nah, dude, that dude's a 
arrogant da 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 wannabe it's like i've heard it all you guys have you, i know you i mean i'm not dumb i know you guys have heard it and i would be i would be ignorant not to be like i want to be i want to go into every situation and like show the real me yeah. and that's what my goal is in my 40s now is that i'm at that point in my life where i only want to surround myself with the people that really get me that yeah. I, that really appreciate me that really that don't judge me based on oh you're a wannabe duck hunter that has never really done anything. I'm like, that's not true. Yeah. That's not the truth. Right. Dude, I have struggled so many days be trying to be a better man, father, messed up my marriage, freaking becoming a better duck hunter, trying to become a better. I, I've gone through the ringer in it. Yeah. I want people to understand there's a story with everybody. Yeah. So I'm always just trying to be like, man, I really hope this experience sheds light on what the details are, yeah. on what the realness is and the legitimacy of, of the person, right. Or their sure. soul, their heart, their compassion, their forgiveness. All of that stuff is, is what I'm interested in my life. Now and I want to surround myself with the people that really live by those same ideologies. Yeah. And I've had a lot of help, like getting there, you know, like yeah. talking to whether it's therapists or whether it's friends or whether it's like what you said, calling a duck guy. Yeah. You know, yeah, I've, I, and, and that's, that's the thing about how therapeutic this lifestyle is, is that I, I'm an observer, dude. I'm a sponge a lot. I can mm -hmm. talk a lot of shit if I need to, but I'm a sponge. <laughs> and I sat around the last 48 hours and just soaked it all in mm -hmm. of like what was being said, how you guys treated your clients, how the hunts went, how you treated your dogs, how you treated the hunt, how you cared about it. Like all of that stuff is what I get. Yeah. I don't care how good of a duck caller you are. I don't sit right. there and go, man, the, I mean, I've heard all the best duck callers in the world. Right. I followed John Stevens up in Stuttgart on stage and literally got laughed at by the audience. Literally got laughed at when I went. <laughs> I mean, how <laughs> shitty is that? My first time on stage uh, in the world, I follow John Stevens. Uh, yeah, so you know what I'm saying? It's yeah. like you gotta, you gotta get to know somebody. Yeah, yeah. for sure. You got no, to. man, you take opinions with a grain of salt, and I, I mean, it's like okay, good enough, good to know. I mean, that happened when we when we first started. Like we had a, we had we were looking for a uh, somebody to cook in Arkansas, and so you know, find this guy and call him up and he's like super cool on the phone and i've but and then i get a phone call from a couple other dudes who are telling me that all oh, that dude's just a, he's worthless you know and it's all this just all negative well then another guy that works with them calls me and he's like man i don't know what they told you but that's not true and i'm like well that what you're saying kind of makes more sense because i've already interacted with this guy and he seems pretty solid and he was wonderful like he was great but these other two dudes they just didn't like him for whatever reason and so that's the deal is like I'll hold, I'm always going to hold my opinion of anyone until I get to know them, you know, on the level and never from what, especially not from what you read on social media or, you know, just hearsay. Like that's just being childish. And by the way, the person he's talking about is a really well-known cook now. He's awesome. In the outdoor space yeah, and is like one him. of the best humans on the entire yeah, planet. He's, he's a, absolutely one of the best. I'll say it. Old Bart. Yeah. Oh, Bart, I love that. Oh. He likes. He's awesome. And, he's, and he is one of our close buddies and he did a great job for us. Phenomenal. And is just a phenomenal human, phenomenal dad, husband, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And I don't, and I don't know what happened, you know, to cause them to feel that way. It really doesn't matter, doesn't you know, matter. but I was probably had some success. Yeah. yeah. I, but I wasn't right. going to let probably that, do. you know, determine how I felt about him and give him the, you know, benefit of the doubt. And, and if, if it doesn't work, it doesn't work, but it worked out great. And he's, he's always been, you know, for the last five years, he's been a close friend of ours and, yeah. and helped us whenever we needed it. You know, but what you're talking about, it's like, I feel like you, it's kind of like we were talking about the journey with duck hunting, right? You go through this period where you're an aggressive killer 
And then it's like, I'm going to take other people. And then it's like, all right, I've killed a lot. I'm going to sit back. And then you kind of calm down. And then the important things really start to pop, you know? And it's kind of like what you're talking about relationally. It's like you get to this point where like, I don't have time for the bicker anymore. I want to be around people, you know, like Chase and I were talking about, you know, I want to be around people that don't think of me any way, any other way than how I treat them. And, and, you know, and, and so uh, there's a good song by a new artist uh, called Stephen Wilson Jr. It's called all the wars from now on. And the point of the song is all the wars from now on should be fought by old men because they've lived enough life to know that once they sit down at a table together, they'd probably be drinking a beer and showing pictures of their grandkids. Yeah. You know, it's, you just like, like we go back to, man, you don't know somebody until you sit down and get to hear their voice. I used to not be that way. And I, I, this is like, I feel terrible when I even tell the story, but this guy, there's this one dude. So I used to coach, I've always coached youth football. I got three boys. And so I'm always coaching football and baseball and whatnot. And there's this one dude who was like helping coach our nemesis when my oldest one was playing peewee football. And I was, I'd look at him and I'm like, that guy's, you know, just the way he carried himself and he's always perfectly clean and manicured and, you know, yada, yada, yada. And I'm just like, I just don't like that guy. Like, I, I don't know him at all. Never met him, have n- no idea who he is at all. Well, a few years later, I end up coaching with him. And, dude, I've never felt guilt like that in my whole life. I carried this opinion of this guy that was based on nothing other than the perception. Appearance. Appearance of who he might be. And he couldn't have been further from it. I mean, he was – he's still – and now he's, like, one of my close friends. Like, I love him dearly. He's, he's like, one of the most solid dudes I've ever known. And – I'm not going to say his name because I don't even know if he knows this, but I, I've kind of told him yeah. before. I'm like, dude, I kind of owe you an apology because I did not, I had no clue. I literally told him that. I'm like, I thought you were somebody you were not, and I, I owe you an apology. So that was a very good lesson. You know, don't judge a book by its cover. Get to know somebody. Give them the benefit of the doubt until they give you a reason not to. Yeah. You know, that's that's all you can do. And. I think most people would be surprised if you if you live your life that way. You'd be surprised by what you find. Great insight by my man Josh right there. We'll be back after we pay some bills. Here's a couple words from our sponsors right here at the Fowley Podcast coming at you live from the Falco Lodge, Billings, Oklahoma. Billings, that's known in Montana. Garber Billings, yeah. Garber. We're right, we're right in between them, yeah. F-O-W-L-C-O, Falco. Book of hunt. This place is awesome. We'll be right back with more of the Fowl Life Podcast. Don't let the complexities of waterfowl hunting make you gun shy. The secret is to simplify and try to make it simpler, but it's so complex. We start taking into all the pieces of that puzzle that create consistent success, grit, determination, mother nature, scouting, communication, networking, decoys, calling, communication, dog work, flagging, concealment. There's so much, not to mention the financial investment, right? So like the barrier of entry is huge in waterfowl hunting, and I think it's really intimidating. It's his delivery. He could talk about anything. The foul life with chad belding is brought to you in part by strong brands such as rob roberts custom gunworks high vis sites and gator coolers that support the outdoor way of life the foul life's own chad belding plus jd black josh teff and aaron seifritz of falco outfitters will return in a moment we'll be right back it's called benelli's the foul life for a reason we love benelli they are the top shelf 
of waterfowl shotguns, all shotguns for that matter in my opinion, but when you start talking about duck blinds, goose blinds, lay down blinds, panel blinds, pit blinds, the debris, the wear and tear, everything that we put our guns through throughout a duck season, whether it's a 60 day duck season in the south or you start up north and north of the border in Canada, Alberta, Saskatchewan and follow the migration south. Some of us, myself included, hunt over 120 days a year and every single time I squeeze that Benelli trigger, it goes bam. I'm so proud and honored to be part of the Benelli family and when it comes to the Super Black Eagle 3, the 12 gauge, the 20 gauge, the 28 gauge, I absolutely love this line of shotguns, the inertia, every single thing from the rib down to the sight to the choke tube to the constrictions, the performance is what it's all about with Benelli. The Super Black Eagle series in 12 gauge, 20 gauge and 28 gauge, whether you get Rob Roberts to build the performance shop or you keep them straight out of the box factory, they perform, they're simply perfect. It's Benelli. It's the confidence of shouldering that shotgun and the responsibility of pointing it at a live animal and squeezing that trigger. The dispatch, humane, ethics, everything that goes into it. Benelli believes in the culture of the duck hunter, the goose hunter, the turkey hunter, the upland hunter. So whether you're doing sporting clays, whether you're chasing waterfowl, chasing upland, chasing turkeys, Benelli builds a shotgun for you. Benelli's the foul life. They're 13 seasons as our title sponsor. Can you imagine this relationship. Thank you, Benelli. Thank you all for supporting Benelli. And I know it's all of our goal to walk into that sporting good, that Benelli dealer, that store and say, let me shoulder that super black eagle. And now you can do it in so many gauges, the sub gauges included. We're fired up. Good luck this season. Stay safe out there and shoot straight. Shoot Benelli. Looking for a high-quality truck accessory that's built to last? Look no further than Lear. With over 50 years of experience in the industry, these guys know what it takes to make your ride look and performance best. Whether you're looking for a fiberglass or aluminum cap, a hard or soft cover, or accessories to customize your truck, Lear's got you covered. Their products are made with only the best materials, and their innovative features provide added convenience and security for truck owners. Head over to Lear.com to explore their range of products and take your driving experience to the next level. One of my favorite parts of the hunt is the scouting. Is there anything better? The anticipation, riding back roads, dirt roads, seeing that dust in your rear view, seeing mallards pitching off to your right, Canada geese going down, snow, specks, divers, it doesn't matter what your pursuit is, but having the right optics, the right piece of equipment when you're scouting is everything from optics to rangefinders to tripods to spotting scopes, Vortex Optics does it all. Wisconsin, America based company living the American dream. What a brand that has been built out of the Kershaw headquarters again in the great state of Wisconsin. We got plenty more coming from that awesome state. Can't wait to share it with you all. But when you're in the need for a rangefinder or binos of any size or spotting scopes and their tripods, there is nothing like the family of brands at Vortex. Their leisure wear, their lifestyle wear, their apparel, their socks, their shirts, their rain jackets, their rain wear. Absolutely amazing design and innovation that's going into it. I do not go on the road in my trucks or in a plane without a pair of Vortex binoculars. You can check us on that. When you see us, come say hello and we are going to have our Vortex on us. It is no secret that finding the roost, finding the lows, finding the feeds is the number one success piece of puzzle that goes in to consistent waterfowl hunting. You have to be where the birds are. You can run traffic, don't get me wrong, but you still have to have a good set of binos to be able to find the birds and assess the situation and figure out their flight patterns, their feeding times, everything that goes into it, how far you're going to be off of a line, a fence line, a tree line, where you're going to put your blind where the 
vantage point is, exactly where those flocks are hitting in those fields when you're scouting. Enjoy the scout, live through the hunt passionately, and do not cut corners. Vortex Optics, the official binocular and spotting scope of the Foul Life Podcast and the Foul Life TV. Chad knows all too well about the passion and drive it takes to make a dream become reality. And so do J.D., Josh, and Aaron of Falco Outfitters. Have you always been a visionary? I had a vision early on that I wanted this to be my life. The vision was like, not let's build a hunting lodge, it's let's build a brand. We sat there and said, dude, people are going to sit right here at a fire pit, have a cocktail, and watch mallard ducks fall into a wetland that day. It was like the moment that hit us. Yeah, now there's thousands of them that going in there. It's unbelievable, you know. Remember why we're doing this. Every day is opening day. The Foul Life with Chad Belding is honored to be partners with incredible brands such as Federal Premium Black Cloud, Jargon Game Calls, Vortex Optics, and Avery Outdoors. Now, let's rejoin the boys. All right, here we are back. The Foul Life Podcast. Falco, come at you live. We're talking about life lessons. We're talking about maturity, haters, all of the things that go into building success. It's very hard to build a brand. It's one of the hardest things I've ever tried to do. You go through a lot of ups and downs. So Aaron, talk to me real quick about you're a laid back dude. You're a dog trainer. You're a father. You're a husband. You're a son. You're a hell of a duck hunter, hell of a goose hunter. But as far as the word visionary goes, talk to me about that word because vision, the art of visualization is everything to me. I was a baseball player. Ted Williams wrote a book, The Science of Hitting, Chapter 4, Visualization. I use visualization in everything I do from painting my picture of the hunt the night before to the first duck that's brought back in my dog's mouth and what I'm going to do with that in the kitchen that night. Then I start to visualize that process of the cook and everybody enjoying that duck meat and, and, the, and that part of the experience, right? So to be a visionary doesn't take talent, but it takes something that your brain is wired with. In my opinion, not everybody has it. They -hmm. just don't. A lot Mm -hmm. of people want to be a business person and they can, but a lot of people aren't born with the entrepreneurial spirit. Do you think you were born with the entrepreneurial spirit? Have you always been a visionary? And when you guys came and looked at this piece of property for the first time as three buddies, did you ever envision this? Well, I mean, I'll start by saying, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I had a vision for this early on. And a big part of the reason was that is, was my father. Uh, he knew pretty early on that, like I wasn't going to be some big physical team athlete because I'm five, nine hundred and fifty four pounds, uh, not built like John David or Josh. I, so he, you know, he kind of pushed me towards a path for it. So, you know, I, I had a vision early on that I wanted this to be my, my life and what I want to do. I knew I went to Colorado state and got a degree in outdoor recreation and tourism with this on my mind. Uh, as a young man, but I mean, one of the main visions I had, and this kind of circles back to what we were talking about earlier, is I had the forward thought to know that every single person that came across my plate, even when I started guiding at 22 years old until now, that those relationships were important. Um, and when we started this place, I was able to circle back through all of those relationships in my first, you know, 15, 16 years of doing this. Um, and a lot of those people, without even having a concrete slab yet we're like Aaron yeah where are you going and we're coming uh, and they just had already you know built up enough uh, faith in me to trust me to come over here um, without even seeing a picture of this lodge or anything and um, my vision for what my future was um, and what I wanted it to be and you know essentially knowing that those personal relationships were what were going to make my iron hot and potentially giving the you know position to be here um, and be a part of something like this certainly stepped me up but uh, you know i mean on a micro scale yeah i mean the vision starts 
every night, thankfully, with, you know, really on X and what we have today when it comes to like planning a hunt down to the individual details. And as a hunter, I'm obsessed with wind, whether that's uh, turkey hunting, so I can hear a gobble knowing which way my call's blowing, duck hunting, how a duck's going to set up, finish, jump a spread, uh, whatnot, exactly how many miles per hour will push a duck to, you know, such end of a reservoir or the other end, uh, deer hunting, obviously, you know, smelling you. So, I, you know, a lot of my, you know, individual hunt vision it circles around wind in all cases. Um, as far as that goes, but I, you know, I think anybody that, you know, definitely picks apart their vision, what it is and can hone in on, you know, what is particularly important and on my macro would be the people. And I guess, you know, on the micro end of it would be the wind, you know, in a different setting. So JD, when you hear him talk about vision and what his is, yeah, are you a person, you're an athlete, you're, you're a competitor. Let me, um, let me back up. I'm a former <laughs> well, you, I think I'd break but it. But you played D one college football. Yeah, um, yeah. Are you motivated by like let's let's just simplify it by the the posters that are uh, the canvases that are on the living room wall of the guard the the, the guides quarters. Mm-hmm. I was going to say guard shack. I'm like, what the? <laughs> the, the guides, the we kind of are the guard shack too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> throughout good. your, you know, you, you go into a dentist office and they got the hot air balloons and it says something like. You know, like, don't be afraid to take your voyage. Yeah. You know, like, have you, are you motivated by words like that? Or are you self-motivated to where you think people need to read that when they come in and you're trying to set the tone? You're trying to, to, to like, create this, this ideology and this mindset, right? You personally, did you need that? Do you need to see no. those words? No. Have you ever had to see those words? Uh, no. Isn't it weird how you see those words and you're like, that's how I live anyway. So, like. Yeah, but it's a, it's a reminder for these boys that come in here and they're dog tired. You know, first of the season's easy. Yeah, but you know we do. You know, as cheesy as it is, you know when we see them dragging them. But look, remember why we're doing this. Remember why we started doing this. Every day is opening day. So you know, as tired as you are, you smile, you go down there, you shake hands, and you make them feel like you know, they're so excited to be here and go on their first hunt of the year. Cause most of our people, this is going to be their first hunt of the year when they come here. Um, or one of the only times that they hunt, but no man, um, you know, I, I don't need to see that. I do kind of self-motivate and I just go and go and go anyway. I mean, you can ask them like, I, I don't want to miss out on anything. Oh, you got FOMO. Major, bad major. FOMO. Oh, dude. Oh, so bad. The major worst, FOMO. the yeah. worst FOMO of anyone I've ever known. Yeah. But it's an endearing quality. Yeah. Chad, I mean, like, and I know <clears throat> it. Josh should really be the one to uh, talk about like the overall vision of Falco. Uh, I mean, he's he's our detailed man. He's the first one that put the process from you know somebody getting off a plane to getting on a plane to come through here. Um, he's really the one to carry that. Uh, I give a lot of credit to him. Yeah, the way this is. Oh, thank, right. Do, thank do you, you have do you have the entrepreneurial spirit? I didn't. I didn't at all. Like I didn't know I did. I had it until it was time to like until it was time to do it. And then <clears throat> what I did have is I come from a background of logistics. You know, transportation logistics, which is super super detail oriented. I mean, you're you're juggling. I mean, at one time I was juggling 90 truckloads a day and setting appointments for every pickup, every delivery, making sure that, you know, Joe Blow truck drivers, his reefer is on the right temperature. I mean, it is like details to the max. And so, you know, when we, when we discussed doing this, I was like, look, I don't know anything. I know that I love to hunt. I know I love people and I know where I'd go if we were going to do it. And it's Northern Oklahoma. I mean, I've been out here for, I hunted out here about 
I don't know, six or eight times. And every time I came, it was just mind blowing. And they're like Northern Oklahoma, you know, they had no idea until they came. And then they're like, yeah, this is it. We, we there, you know? And, and so, you know, the detail stuff, I've always been wired like that. You know, I'm just type a, my stuff. I like, I I do, I do, I do like nice things, but I also like things to be organized squared away all the time. I hate, I cannot stand clutter or disorganization or inefficiency or anything like that. And so, and I'm, I'm kind of, is it left brain or right brain that's more artistic? You're right. Right. So right brain. Yeah. I'm very right brained. Um, but I also have a detailed personality, you know, that's the way my, my, way my brain works. So the vision was like, not let's build a hunting lodge. It's let's build a brand. And we all agreed that was way more important because, you know, from a business perspective, a hunting lodge is going to be a hunting lodge. You build a brand, you can grow it, you can scale it. So that was always the vision. So when we came up, you know, with the name, the design, my brother is one of the unbelievable. He's not the most well-known yet, but he's done some unbelievable work for some really big companies and, and is one of the best graphic guys. And he's right brain too. And he's so creative and he's helped us build the brand side as much or probably more. Yeah. Yeah, Jeremy Teff Hickory design company. (laughs) He's a one man show, but, um, but he's helped us a lot. Um, so it was like, we knew where we were going and this is what's so cool. And this is a divine thing, dude. I don't to have three guys where you have one, John David's like the absolute perfect front man. You know, he's like, Everyone who meets him is fast friends. And you've seen this, Chad. I mean, he he can work a room like nobody I've ever been around. I'm probably second on that rung. Aaron and I are kind of in the same boat when it comes to, you know, social skills and relational skills and whatnot. Aaron's more the comic relief, you know, to to the deal. And I'm kind of the nuts and bolts guy, you know. So we all bring this like we all bring our own gifts and talents to the table. We all get along. We all see things. It's very, very rare that we completely disagree on anything i mean most of the time it's like hey let's talk about this and then by the time we're done we're like yeah that's that's the direction we need to go and it's awesome to have you know and then and then harold who's who's not he's he's one of our partners he's not typically in the in in this type environment you know because he wants to be in the background he doesn't really want to be in the in the forefront but he takes care of the pump he lives here full time he you know all the stuff that we really don't have time nor the desire to do he pretty well fills those gaps yep. so you've got four guys who there's like this puzzle and we all just fit into this puzzle perfectly and there's no conflict we've never had words with each other not a single time mm-hmm. i mean not not to the point like we've had Maybe a, frustrated. Yeah, frustrated like, discussions but we talk at times, it out. but we, we immediately it when it's small. Exactly. And it's that's so rare, dude. I mean, that's so rare in the world to have four guys that are so aligned in every way. And so I think that's ultimately why this place has has done as well as it has so fast. But as far as the vision, I kind of had, I'd been to a lot of hunting lodges all over the country. I'd worked at one before for 10 years, managed one. I got to see the good, the bad, and the ugly, you know, there, what to do, what not to do. Um, Aaron kind of had some experience there. JD had some experience growing up around it. So we all kind of had our own, Harold guided for, you know, 10, 15 years before too. So we all had our own experiences and then, and then I kind of put together the game plan and bounced it off of them. You know, like, hey, I remember being here the first time. And I'm like, hey, this is what I think. Put the wetland down here. Put the lodge right here. Put the shop over there. Dress that pond up. Drive, you know, this would be the perfect road. Yada, yada, yada. Hey, 
y'all think about it, punch holes in it. Like, tell me what you think won't work. And it was like, no, it's, we all agreed. It was like, this is, this is perfect. And when we pulled up on this place, it was like, no, this is not it. I mean, there was trash, 50 years worth of trash dumped over in this draw, no grass, overgrazed for cattle for God knows how long, baling twine. It looked like a dump, but an old oil derrick broke down right here in between yeah (laughs) yeah but when you kind of just step back and you got a fifty thousand foot view you're like hey this could be pretty sweet i'll never forget we pulled my ranger up where the fire pit is now and what i feel like what got it for us is we sat there and we were up you know the lodge and the facilities are up on the high ground which was just cattle ground and then down below the 150 acres or so below um, which is now our wetland was tillable farm ground. And I remember us sitting there. It was a drizzly day. We sat there and said, dude, people are going to sit right here at a fire pit, have a cocktail and watch mallard ducks fall into a wetland right there. It was like the moment that hit us. Yeah. Now there's thousands of them going in there. It's unbelievable. They're watching them every night. It's so cool, dude. They go up there, have a cocktail by the fire pit and watch 10, 15,000 void of wildlife. Like yeah, really, there's ten jackrabbits running around. And now there's big deer, tons of quail, tons of pheasants, ducks galore, turkeys. I thought you guys didn't get back to the wildlife. I know, yeah, I know isn't that right? wild? <laughs> isn't that crazy? Yeah, it's really weird. That's but um, I just took the stuff that I saw that I thought was cool and kind of you know my best friend's an architect lives across the road, drew it on a napkin, went over. He starts drawing it on a piece of paper. He's like, and I'm like, he's like, what do you think about this? And I'm like, yeah, perfect. Do that, do that, do that. And then we made one other little tweak kind of make the uh, bar a little bit bigger upstairs and and that's where it came from and jd and i you know pretty well dressed up the whole place ourselves we didn't have an interior designer our wives were mortified they were terribly they're like you two are gonna do this we went to bassett furniture and we did yeah and uh we picked all the furniture out for the lodge in one sitting like i mean we went in there for two hours and picked out every rug every piece of furniture and we got in here, we got all the furniture here, our wives came over, and I remember, I'll never forget, <laughs> Mindy walked in. Well, first of all, she was like, wait, you didn't even ask any of us to come and help you pick out, like, decorations? We are like, no, this is a man, this is a lodge, you know, we kind of want it to feel masculine, so yeah. we need to pick it out. Anyway, praise the Lord, we did an okay job picking stuff out. The only thing is, they walked into the lodge right when we got it furnished, and Mindy walked in and goes, Oh my gosh, this looks like a furniture store. <laughs> and Aaron and our Aaron and Mindy yeah. were, had the vision to like place everything where it goes. But I, they were like, I cannot believe everything you picked out actually works incredibly well. And they nailed it. I mean, they nailed that too. Yeah. Like I, I had it one way and I was like, this is the way I had it drawn up on the, you know, on the rendering or whatever. And, but Mindy, bro, we were on a, we were on a time restraint. We I mean, were. we, we bought this property November of 2017. Okay, started construction April of 18, 18, yeah, and we're fully booked. And this was done, lodge was done, wetland was done. Ducks were in the wetland when people showed up for the opening of duck season. Wow. Yeah. Real quick, I want to stay on that, but what is the lodge? Is it a metal building with mm-hmm. a uh, no? It's all stick it's frame. All stick frame. It's yeah. all stick, stick frame with a metal roof, and um, yeah, I mean we. So what we did, like we didn't have just an endless budget, you know, like we had a we had a substantial budget, but. 
it was like we needed to build as much as we could, make it look and feel as nice and high quality as we could on a limited budget. I mean, you could go bananas with that thing if you bring in barn wood from Ohio or something, Amish wood from somewhere else or something like that. But it was like, hey, this is let's use this material that's way cheaper and and stain it and try to make it look nice. And that whole lodge is basically that like it's. It's not super expensive. It's not, I think it looks way more high end than it actually is, which is what we had to do. You know, yeah. I mean, we didn't have a ton of money. So, um, we did the best we could with what we had to work with. And, and I, I mean, I love the way it turned out. Yeah. And most people, you know, it's cool when you have billionaires come in there and they're like, this lodge is amazing. It's like, well, I guess if this guy thinks it's amazing, it's pretty cool. <laughs> well, you could let's talk about that for a second because you can have a great lodge and you can have great meals. Yeah, and that only that's going to play its role. Don't right. get me wrong. Those bad days, you come in, you still got a full table, you still got recreation, mm-hmm. you got ping pong, you got a great burger, you got a great steak. Yeah, you got a big screen TV. Yeah, got a nice bed, nice right. showers. The showers are awesome. Yeah. But you still got to kill birds. Got to yeah. kill People birds. aren't going to keep coming back if they ain't killing birds. You're right. So what has been the secret without giving away, I guess I shouldn't say the word secret, without giving away your sauce, What? how has it happened to oh, where you guys have- That's the easiest land access. Yeah. <laughs> just bottom line. But you got to network and get to know the landowners. Sure. That's it. Yeah, we had to hustle for every bit of that. That's a year-round job. Came outsiders, for sure, you know, but- um, the way these birds play games in here, I mean, just compared to Arkansas, what we're used to, or there's literally a pit in every single field out there. Uh, here, it's just not as many birds. There's also not as many hunters, but, you know, ducks and geese can jump from here to here. So I think the conception be that you might be able to come out here at least a quarter section with a nice reservoir on it and hunt it regularly like you might for a piece of ground like that in Arkansas, but that's just not the case out here. Um, you know, one reservoir, you might get two to three hunts on it if you're lucky that year before you completely blow them out of there. So, I mean, I, I think overall, like our overall bird success, I don't know if y'all agree with me or not, has to do with the amount of quality land access that we've been able to gain yeah. uh, in this area and, and establishing a business model that allowed us to give back to our landowners uh, effectively um, in a big part of our income goes back to them. I can speak, I mean, we all can, but I can because my family farms, but, you know, I think it was important for me I knew how some of the guys were playing the game out here. Like, do you want me to get the geese off your field? Instead of that play, hey, man, we want to pay you good money to hunt your field because it's it's worthy of us paying you money to hunt your field. And so that we did get a little hate from that, from people around here locally, because they're like, wait, now we got to pay to play? But you know what? That's capitalism, homie. And, you know, you can do that wherever you want. But I will say that uh, – our farmers know have gotten to know us and know the kind of people we are. And when we went up on our rates, we let them know, Hey, we went up on our rates and we want to pay you more money. We could have not told them that for sure. Um, but I think that gets word of mouth. Those farmers are going to talk. Hey, those boys, they said they raised their rates and they're, now they're paying us X for per hunt. You know, now it's getting to where we're getting phone calls from landowners. Like, would you like to lease our land? But Aaron is exactly right. I mean, in everything, there's it's relationships, period. And so that's another way that that's played is we've been able to get really good access just from, man, golden rule, you know, be honest. So how important is the year-round communication with farmers and landowners? Do you guys have an end-of-the-year party where you do a big cookout? Are you bringing them a bottle of whiskey? Are you going to have a cup of coffee with them? You see them at a local cafe and you buy them breakfast? Um, 
you know, it's it's not easy to develop that network and to keep it right mm-hmm. because they, they they got a lot going on. They're dependent on Mother Nature. They're stressed sometimes. Um, you want to make it as drama free as possible, but it's it's you're communicating with these landowners a lot, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's like out here, like there's not a lot of people anyway, so they sort of the just the general attitude of, of people in this area is like you know they kind of just want to be left alone to do their you know the farm and take care of their cattle and and you know they don't want to they don't want to field a bunch of phone calls and and deal with a bunch of drama or whatever it is and and so yeah we do like we have a core group of guys that uh or families that we deal with that we keep in contact with i mean i i mean i know john david aaron all of all three of us kind of have some uh, relationships with some that are stronger than the other two or whatever. And those are the ones we kind of key in on, but it's like last two years, they've been through the worst drought out here since the dust bowl. So, I mean, I, I called and texted and just said, Hey, how's it going? You know, I know it's times are tough, but it'll come around just trying to a word of encouragement or whatever. And we did do a, we had planned to do a, a cookout every year. Um, and we did it. I think we did it in 2019, right before COVID just blew up. And then we didn't do it in 2020 because, you know, we didn't want to make anybody uncomfortable or whatever with COVID. So we kind of skipped that year and we haven't gone back to it yet, but we really need to. But that was the idea is like get them all in. But dude, the thing is, is it's such a small community. It's four counties that we operate in and uh, we don't have the space (laughs) to accommodate all the landowners. So the bad thing is like, okay, well, let's take the five or six families or whatever that we hunt on the most well then you know the one that we might not hunt on a whole lot he gets one well how come i didn't get get invited you know how come i didn't get invited and and then you kind of dig a hole for yourself and and we don't want we really don't want anybody to feel left out so more than that it's like hey you want to bring your wife out for dinner one night whenever Come on, just let us know when you want to, you want to use it for your son's wedding or your daughter's wedding, knock yourself out. You want to come out, you know, stop by for lunch sometime, come on by. And we just kind of leave the door open, you know, in that way we offer that up to all of them. So it's like kind of, they're a part of it and they can kind of come and go as they please without having to, you know, step on someone's toes by doing a big event or whatever. Um, So it's just, I mean, dude, it's really simple, man. It's like they're the farming type folks. And I think they're probably this way for the most part across the whole country. It's like when you do what you say, your, your word is good and they know your word is good. They, they will, they're as loyal as they can be. I mean, it's, and I'm that way too. I mean, John David is Aaron is like, you do what you say you're going to do. And I, I feel like I can trust you. I mean, I'm going to turn down a little bit more money because I mean, I'm going to support the people I, I know and trust. And I like, and I mean, that's how we've done it. It's just been, it's just been consistency, you know, staying consistent mm-hmm. and tattling on ourselves when we screw up, you know, I mean, we've made mistakes, put ruts in some fields, send pictures. Hey man, what can I do to make this right? We didn't, this was an accident. It just got soft right here and, you know, buried the can am. What, what can we do? I, you know, a hundred dollars worth of wheat, dude, don't worry about it. You guys kill all them geese, <laughs> you know, that type of deal. That's all it is. It's just like it's common sense, but common sense ain't very common anymore. No, no. So it's gotten us access to, I don't know, it's a lot. I don't even know what it's at now, but that should be a song. Common sense ain't very common. Dead fish only swim, dead fish only swim with the stream. I love that one. Chase needs to start writing some songs. Mm -hmm. JD, what are your strengths as a hunter? I feel like I'm a lot of fun in the blind. 
<laughs> uh, Colin personality. Uh, Colin reading birds. I mean, I, I I got to learn from an absolute savage hunter. You know, my whole life. Um, Is that your dad? Yeah, and I don't take that for granted. What's um, your dad's name? Kenny Blag. Look at and, that. Shout uh, out, Mister Kenny. And uh, he, he's. I mean, you can ask him. He's an absolute savage. Like even to this day. You know, he's almost 70 years old and he'll get up in a saddle stand and he's just thinks about, you know, but, you know, I, I learned from a young age how to be patient, timing, when to make a move and getting to see like a pro do that all the time. And he always took me with him, you know, from the age of three and a half, I started turkey hunting with him. Um, I don't know. I've just done it a long time. You know, I know how to read birds and. Yeah, I say that. Now that sounds arrogant, but you know, no, it's not arrogant. Um, I think that that's. I think what I what I learned from you three yesterday was that you guys really are in synchronization. You guys, you know, and that's a, a great trait to have is a is a when you're team calling and team hunting. And I'm sure that you like today. You didn't go with us. You know, we got lucky. We got to hunt with all three of you yesterday. But that was that. Those ducks were being they were killed because of the calling yesterday. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to lie. Like yeah, yeah. they did not want to be there. Mm-hmm. They wanted to be down to the North. Oh, I think it was the North. That's right. That, that's right. that yeah. smart weed. Yep. The spinners were not really doing, you know, they mm-hmm. weren't really productive yesterday. I don't think that they need, they were trying to hit the spinners as much. They were dying because of the vocalization. Yeah. yeah. They were wanting to be barked down. They were being barked down. They were, they were being turned a lot. The timing of the chatter was there. And, and, and I like to hear that of that, that symphony of just, <laughs> and, and then the next guy hears that and he knows, or she knows exactly what is meant to get on that same page takes days in the field together. That's oh, exactly yeah. right. Absolutely. But those ducks yesterday died because of the calling. And the it, shooting and was good, but the shooting was good because the shots were. Right. Right. <laughs> right. And I think it, I mean, it does, it takes a, it takes somebody that's been there for a long time at a young age saying, Hey, you don't call it that, but you don't, you don't hit them with a hell call right there. You wait till you see their, the tips of their wings, yeah. you know, then you try to convince them to come on, look, curl on a little harder, Timing. you know? And so, I mean, it does, it does, it goes back to that. And, you know, we probably learn stuff from each other, just getting to hunt together for, for so long, but you're right. I mean, we are kind of in sync. Like I know Aaron's call when he's finishing the duck. If I don't see it, I know what he's doing. And I know to just to get quiet that and let him do quiet. it because he's working that you duck. Quacking. Yeah. And I, and I picked up on that right away, which is deadly. And a lot of people tell me, stop doing that and i'm like Shoot. no yeah i'm gonna quack him to the kill well yeah. i'm gonna say i can me and, the blind was no duck around and jd start hunching yeah dude <laughs> yes i mean me and aaron have, have killed a lot of mallards together and i will say that like it, it does help like when you when you don't even it's like looking at my dog like i can look at tupac i don't i don't have to look in the sky i can look at his face and i know when he's locked in on birds and that's when i can look up that's why i feel like hunting with them you know i just kind of know like how they start calling when stuff gets closer and there's a confidence there to have. When it comes to that confidence of that, of of you guys hunting together, talk about the inner confidence or the stress. Let's just Mm -hmm. listen to you talk. There's a lot of pleasure in what you get to do. Mm -hmm. How does the stress accumulate inside of your guys' minds of performing and not letting somebody down. And I understand the old, the old analogy is if they're a good client, they're going to understand they're going to be back. They know it's just hunting. No, that doesn't mean that the stress doesn't build up. Right. Yeah. Like I mean, that I, takes its toll on an outfitter. Oh dude, bro. That'll keep you up at night. Absolutely. Especially when you're charging money. Yeah. If you're buddy hunting, that's totally one thing. different, but, but you can't give their money back or you're out of business. No, right? no. I mean, yeah, there's that part, but I mean, at the same time, dude, we are a duck hunting lodge. Duck, we're not like a duck watching lodge. Yeah. So our goal is to kill ducks, kill geese. 
And so when we don't do that, we feel like we're letting, you know, our side of the deal, we're, we're, we're not holding it up. And so, uh, you know, yeah, there's a lot of pressure. We want to kill. Yeah. You got to keep the pressure on. That's the secret of life. That's, right. That's the secret of success is to keep the pressure on yourself. Yeah. You know, you I don't mean, need somebody yeah. else to do it. That's probably the one thing that bothers me worse than anything. Like is because we, you know, the stuff we can control, we're 95% on point all the time. I mean, we have an occasional slip up. Somebody gets left at the airport or whatever for a little bit too long. And that's happened just this past week. But I mean, the uncontrollable is like, just like I was talking about earlier, when you think you know, you don't. When you think you got them figured out, you don't. And so it's like a constant focus on really, really thinking through everything you're doing. And I'm talking every minute detail, you know, and it's like the more you do that, and we've learned over the last seven years being here, like the more detail oriented you are and the more you think about those variables that are going to cause a problem, the more success you'll have. And, but still you can have everything perfect and you still, someday you just don't know why, you know? Um, so yeah, as far as like when these guys are coming and they're so excited, I mean, everybody gets here, dude, they are on cloud nine, just ready to rock and roll. And fortunately, like we have a ton of repeat business, like we have 95% retention. So over the course of seven years, all these guys have had on burners. burner hunts. They've seen what this place is, is, can do. So there's a little, there's a little less pressure now than what there was in the beginning, just to kind of prove that we weren't crazy for coming to Northern Oklahoma to do this. But, um, it, that's the deal is like, there's sometimes you just can't control it. And, and when you know they're excited and you've got, you've got it in your mind, like the next day you've made up your mind, like this is going to work. And I broke my own rule about two weeks ago and I'm popped off about tomorrow's going to, you know, I said something along the lines of be ready because tomorrow's going to be good. And we take everybody and these, this whole roost gets bumped early and we watch 10,000 geese fly right over us like we weren't even there. And we killed two with 16 people. And that's a tough pill to swallow, you know, and it's, so what do you do? Like, what do you do in that situation? Well, you know, you can't offer people's money back because like you said, we'd be out of business, but you can say, Hey man, you know, we got an afternoon spot. We're going to try to take y'all there. And we've done that a lot. And, and, mo and sometimes it works out and sometimes it doesn't work out. Or, hey, you guys want to go shoot some pheasants, and that's kind of something we can control. Absolutely. And so it's like we'll throw them a free bird hunt. And it's always about – it's not about what you're doing. It's about the thought. It's about the fact these guys know that we are doing everything we can to give them a good experience, no matter what it is, allowing them to, you know, go and shoot pheasants. I know it's not ducks and geese like they came for, but it's better than not pulling the trigger at all. And it's And to them, it's like, man – Thank y'all for being willing to do this. You know, I brought these customers and, and they had a blast on that pheasant hunt. You know, I know this morning was tough, but hey, that's hunting, you know. And in 2021, we had the worst season we've ever had. Like, we've already killed more birds than we did the entire, the entire season, season of 2021. It was dry. We had no water. We had no big cold pushes. And it was just tough. I mean, it was tough the whole season long. Could I never had one here that I was so ready to get over. But we weathered it, you know, when it, it was all about those things, it was like what every group, they had a bad morning or whatever. We were doing something to try to make up for it one way or the other. And, and it's all, it's all just about the principle of it. It's like, what do you, are you, what's your motivation? Is it the dollar or is it my relationship and me being here and, and you, and your appreciation of me being willing to bring my most valued customers and clients to your place? 
and it's always the latter. You know, it's always the appreciation. So that's the deal. You know, I mean, a lot of I don't I don't know if everybody I'm sure there's some that operate that way, but I would I would venture a guess that very few do. And I think that's why we have so many people wanting to be here, wanting to come here. We have a waiting list, you know, that's thousands, thousands deep. And it's really hard to get in here. And it's because of that, because all these guys have left, told everybody they know. And, you know, here we are, which is, again, common sense. Like, how do you want, how would you want to be treated if you were going to go spend a premium, whatever you're doing, deer hunting, duck hunting, you know, elk hunting, what, how would you want to be treated? How would you want that experience to go? You know, would you want somebody to tell you up front that, hey, uh, we don't have very many birds around, man. Like, you guys can come. We may end up shooting pheasants. Oh, dude, absolutely. We're still coming. Don't worry about it. We'll shoot pheasants if we have to. We just want to come hang out with y'all and eat Brian's food and do whatever. We've had that happen a bunch, but it's like, just be honest. You know, don't set yourself up for eating humble pie. Yeah, so transparency from the hundred percent transparency. And and in Arkansas last year, we canceled a week and a half of hunts. It cost us a lot of money because the birds were gone, and we've never knowingly taken anybody to just dead skies like ever. You know, at least you're going to see birds and getting them to cooperate all the times. No guarantee. You know that, Chad. So as far as the stress that goes into it, the revenue that's made off of it the memories that are created by it it's still a sacrifice mm-hmm. a lot of time away from home yeah a lot of face time with the kids mm-hmm. is it worth it and how do you tell yourselves it is when i know that all three of you have multiple kids wives that want to be with you sometimes <laughs> but how do, you, how do you convince yourselves that it's okay to be doing this this far away from home for this many days in a row. It is different because I did residential development for 15 years. And so I was able to sell that company. And so I go home and I coach teams. And I think Josh is in the same boat here. We go home and we get all the time with our kids and family. So, um, you know, the thing is like what my wife and I say is I get more time with my kids. I feel like being gone for four months than dads that get up and work from six to six in the evening and come home with the stress of work from that day and thinking about the next day and they're tired and they just want to go shower and sit in their chair for a little bit. You know, like my kids get all of me and in the summer we can go do stuff. And my wife, she thinks of everything through a spiritual perspective. And so uh, she's just like super wise and, She's just a total badass. But, um, you know, we've kind of spoken to the ministry that we've been able to have here with these guys that don't get to uh, – they're not in a position to be talked to like we're, be able, we're able to talk to them because they're at our place. We're in control. They're not in control. I don't know what care what business you run or how much money you have, but we're going to make sure you're safe and we're in control. And so we do have a different level of, I guess, a different platform with those guys. And so with that comes them talking about stuff that they're going through at home and we're able to encourage them like nobody else can. And so my kids are older and they've seen these clients of ours actually drive to my house and spent like, I mean, I'm thinking of two dudes right now that have gone through some really hard stuff and driven to my house and stay with me for a weekend and just kind of like hit reset. So like my kids get to see the impact, the relational impact that I'm having. And, uh, 
they get me for the whole year, you know, when, when I'm not here, the whole off season. Yes. So, um, yes, it's hard and praise the Lord for FaceTime and being able to see their faces and when they're upset about something or, you know, crying, they, you can at least look at each other in the eyes. But, uh, you know, at the same time, there's no doubt this is what I'm supposed to be doing. There's no question. You feel the same? Yeah, I mean it's it's uh, like the night before I left. I've got my all my three boys and my wife were watching a movie, and and my oldest one who loves to pester my youngest one, he's pestering him. I'm like, knock it off, dude! Like, leave him alone. And and he wouldn't. And so I popped him on the head with my phone, a little too hard, left a knot on his head. And he uh, and he's like mad about it. He's like almost like he wants to hit me. I'm like, hey, don't don't do that, you know. And then. And then he just bursts into tears. And I'm like, dude, I'm so, I didn't mean to hit you that hard. Like, I felt terrible. And he's like, no, no, it's not that. I just don't want you to leave. He's a 16 year old, you know, young grown, man. Grown, he's a man. big, big, big kid. And I, and I mean, it just wrecked me. And so, yeah, dude, you're going to deal with that. But I mean, I can tell you it's a lot easier in year six or seven. I mean, I've been guiding for four, this is my 14th season. It's a lot easier now than it was in year one or two. I remember, like me and JD both just break. I'm probably Aaron too. He might not have let us see it, but breaking down, you know, when they would uh, when they would leave, it was just brutal. And uh, but like as far as like is is the sacrifice worth it? Absolutely, because so I, I love one of my favorite things to tell everybody, and no matter what it is I'm talking about, especially if somebody's struggling with something, is perspective is everything. It means everything. And so it's like we have this military group that comes, and this this colonel who spoke at the last one, this dude did nine years in the Middle East, you know, watching his guys die almost every day. For 18 months at a time. Nine years he spent total over there, and and missed God knows how much of his kids upbringing. And I'm like, as bad as, as tough as this is like, that's a thankless job. Ain't nobody knows who he is. And he's getting, he's a lot of people hate, probably hate him for, for what he did over there. But this isn't a thankless job. Like we get tons of affirmation and, and thankfulness and appreciation and all that stuff. It's not a thankless job at all. So the perspective is, is like, man, I'm just thankful. Like, I'm thankful I get to do it. I'm thankful for the relationships. I'm thankful for the, the lives that have been changed here for whatever. For, you know, we're just the conduit for it. We're not doing anything. You know, we're just trying to be, we're just trying to be good representatives of the good Lord and treat people the right way. And organically, really cool stuff happens. That's the most impact. That's the most, I'm more appreciative of that than anything else. You know, I don't care. 100 bird days, great. High fives, having a good time, great. The most rewarding part of this whole gig is is like watching JD counsel somebody through a divorce, you know, or getting the opportunity to talk to our guys about stuff that's the the most important, you know. And and over time, it ain't gonna happen in a moment most of the time. But over time, we've we've watched these young guys, you know, teenagers to early twenties, turn into like completely different people. Mm-hmm. And who knows, I'm not saying that this is the reason why, but I think we had a pretty good impact on them, you know, or, or God had an impact on them through us. And mm-hmm. that's by far the most rewarding part of the whole thing. So it's like perspective and appreciation for the opportunity. Like it could all burn down tomorrow. And, and I'm it's not, been worth it. I'm not going to shed a tear. I'm just going to be thankful I got to do it. Mm-hmm. Not many people can say you got to live your dreams. Lear Topper's hot seat. Aaron, Mallards and Sunshine 
or Mal Sunshine. <laughs> That's what I was trying to get him to say. <laughs> There's not another one. I didn't know where you were Is there another option? No. That's why I was kind of just like held up, held up. Uh, yeah. Josh, best Christmas movie ever made. Go. It was always a Christmas uh, or a Christmas vacation, but dude, Elf, Elf cracks me up so much. I'm, I'm Elf love, over Christmas vacation. I love Will Ferrell. I don't know. It's a wonderful but, life. But definitely Christmas it's vacation. Wonderful life. It's a great movie. Oh, it's a great movie, but I got to go with Cousin Eddie. Well, yeah, yeah, no doubt. As far as laugh value, Christmas yeah. Vacation. I mean, Elf, like Will Ferrell just kills me and Elf. The more you watch, it's like the Big Lebowski. The more you watch it, the funnier. JD, besides these two and your dad, you're on death row and you only get one more hunt and you get to take two guys. Who goes with you, guys or girls? My kids. Are they into it? Yeah, they're into, into spending time with me. Aaron, if you're a UFC fighter, what's your walkout song? Ooh, uh, Crazy Trainer. Bulls on Parade. Bulls on Parade. I'm probably going Master of Puppets. Metallica, yeah. Rage Against the Machine, and yeah. Ozzy. Yeah. I like all of them. Yeah. I'm going with Don't Damn Me, mm. Axl Rose, Who's Your Illusion 2. Oh, yeah. yes. Good one. All right, guys. Well, this is Falco. This place is awesome. I appreciate y'all letting Man, me hang thank out. thank you so much. Yeah, fun. dude, it has been an absolute ball having you here, and you're welcome here anytime. Thank you. I mean, Truly. Kong really does. Yeah, 100%. And what a crew we had. Rob Roberts, yeah. I don't. I don't know if like we could have him on the microphone for maybe seven <laughs> He's been on the podcast a lot, but <laughs> whoever's <laughs> editing is is working overtime or cleaning the bathroom. <laughs> Aaron, Josh, JD, I appreciate it, man. This place is awesome. How can we find you, man? Uh, Instagram yeah, at Instalco underscore Outfitters, um, Facebook. Facebook. We're kind of slacking on the TikTok. We hadn't got on the TikTok train yeah, they don't much. Like hunting. Our website, falcooutfitters.com. Yeah, man. Reach out to us on there. Yeah, uh, you got a merch store on the website? Oh, yeah. Yeah, we do. It's a, We're overhauling the whole thing right now as we speak, and it's going to be um, – we're going to amp that up a lot, so we're going to have a lot of cool stuff on there in the coming months. And what's your brother's name and company? Let's give him another shout-out. Jeremy Teff with Hickory Design Co. And I'm going to tell you, don't even – I mean, unless – He's he is so overwhelmed. He turns away business all the time, and I'm like, dude, get get some help. And he's thinking about it, but he's a one man shop, and the work you get is unbelievable, unreal. He's he's one guy, and he can only do so much. So. I like all his work. Does a good job. Yeah. T-shirt design, sticker design, all of logo design, website, website, website design, yeah, all graphic design. Mm-hmm. Y'all come hunt here, in Northern Oklahoma, Falco Outfitters. Baby. It's been another episode of the Foul Life podcast don't forget to check out brand new episodes of benelli's the foul life season 15 airing exclusively right now on the outdoor channel we'll have more awesome episodes of the podcast coming up check out our sister podcast this life ain't for everybody we just had dan hendo henderson on there randy couture coming up chad money mendez i'm in a fighting state of mind with a lot of good fight game going on right now i love talking the fighting game so check out this life ain't for everybody appreciate all the downloads all the subscriptions all the support for our partners and sponsors stay safe out there take care of your families have a merry christmas from my man jd josh and aaron i'm chad belding thank you for listening to another episode of the foul life A divided house will fall, and outdoorsmen and women have found themselves at a critical crossroads. It's not about killing birds. You know, it's a lot of fun to kill birds, and that's where you kind of embed those memories in your mind of those days that are just epic. But, I mean, I got a lot of good memories of days that weren't. I don't care how somebody does it. I don't care what tools they use. If it's legal and it's ethical, get more people involved. It doesn't matter. At the end of the day, like, we should all be encouraging more of this because it's a dying tradition. The Foul Life with Chad Belding wants 
chance to take this moment to thank Mojo Outdoors, Bandit Brands, and the provider for keeping the lights on. Chad, JD, Josh, and Aaron will be right back. Keep it tuned right here to The Foul Life, and thanks for listening. Vision. I just had a lens retraction surgery last year. It's pretty much like cataracts that you're going to get in your 60s, 70s. Everybody's going to get it. Once you get it, your vision is there. It's never changing. Artificial lenses. I had it at 40s and I'm telling you with what I do with duck hunting and scouting and watching my daughter grow up, I'm just so thankful that I'm back to 2015 in my right eye and 2020 in my left eye thanks to Dr. Matt Mills who you've all heard on our podcast. But I want to protect my eyes and that's exactly where one of our badass partners comes in. Oh, Oakley, Oakley eyewear, the Oakley culture, the Oakley lifestyle. Protect your vision when you're shooting, when you're fishing. Nothing worse than getting a hook in the eye with somebody casting on the same boat. You just can't take it for granted. The damage the sun can cause, the rays, the UV, just keeping the dust and the dirt out of your eyes. Just everything during a hunt, pit blind, boat blind. It doesn't matter, sun up. They make different lenses for different skies. They're sold all over the world and they support the military and the blue line and conservation and hunting and fishing in the outdoors and living off the land. And we never hunt without our Oakleys. Everybody's like, why you always got your sunglasses on? Shouldn't be wearing sunglasses. You probably shouldn't in turkey hunting. I don't wear them in turkey hunting because of the vision of a turkey and the reflection. But when I'm shooting trap range or the sporting clays or the skeet or the five stand, or I'm in a duck hunt or a goose hunt, I have my Oakleys with me at all time. I put them in my banded backpack. I have them in an Oakley hard case. I keep them protected. The prism lenses, everything that goes in to the technology behind the Oakley brand and the frames, the function of them, all of the different lenses that you can get, like I mentioned, and the way they protect our eyes. The prism lens technology is second to none. You got to get a pair of Oakleys. I know there's a lot of choices out there when you want to protect your eyes, but remember, please support the brands that support this lifestyle. Oakley, the official eyewear of the Foul Life TV, the Foul Life podcast, and everything we do here at The Provider and where the pavement ends. Thank you so much for supporting. Oakley. When it comes to setting up the perfect spread, there's one crucial element, motion. Ducks have sharp eyes, and static decoys won't fool them for long. That's where motion decoys step in, bringing your spread to life and creating an irresistible scene. So why are motion decoys so important? Ducks are social creatures, and they seek cues that signal safety for landing. By adding motion to your spread, you're telling passing flocks that it's all clear and inviting them to join the party. Mojo's spinning wing decoys emulate the flash of duck wings from afar to draw them in and finish them like magic. Mojo's decoys are specifically designed to catch ducks' attention, and Mojo's motion decoys shine on those calmer low wind days when natural water movement is lacking. So if you're serious about bringing ducks to your blind, embrace the power of motion decoys with Mojo and head for MojoOutdoors.com today. Safari Club International, first for hunters, that's not just a slogan. They're on Capitol Hill, lobbyists, lawyers, attorneys, fighting for hunters' rights across this world. I talked to the president and CEO Laird Hamberlin all the time and it blows my mind to understand his traveling schedule as he represents Safari Club International in so many different facets. Meetings, organizations, banquets, you name it. Every single thing that this man is doing with his crew and team, Ben Cassidy, Chris LaCovicia, it is amazing to see the work being done behind the scenes by Safari Club International. And if you don't think that hunting rights need to be fought for, then you haven't watched the news, you haven't been well read, you haven't been paying attention. Get your head out of the sand and pay attention what's going on in our country, let alone the world right now. And Safari Club International 
International is fighting for our rights every single day. So become a member, join them, attend a banquet, attend the National Convention. Late January 2024, Nashville, Tennessee, Music City, USA. The Safari Club International Convention will be back. It was bigger than better last year, and it's going to be bigger and better again this year. I'm telling you, we cannot take our hunting rights for granted. We need Safari Club International fighting for our rights behind the scenes every single day. So when you're watching that sunrise or your dog swim back with a mouthful of mallard feathers, watching those big honkers descend or that whitetail get underneath your tree stand, squirrel hunters, I don't care what you hunt, I don't care what species, and I don't care where. I don't care what tactic. Safari Club International is fighting for our rights. Get involved. Become a life member if you can. A yearly member for sure. And again, we are proud members, life members of Safari Club International. We truly believe in their message and their fight. And we are going to fight right alongside with them. Thank you, SCI First for Hunters. Man, the new Black Label Elite boots by Banded. I'm telling you, these camp shoes, these knee boots, uninsulated, insulated. I wore them on my first two trips of the 2023-24 season after wearing prototypes all last year. And they are the best boot made, most comfortable, most foot protectant, most easy to walk in, warmest, most breathable, baddest ass hunting boots, camp shoes on the market. I guarantee it. Challenge me on that. Get yourself a pair right now at Banded.com or any Banded off authorized dealer across the country and you will feel like you're walking on the moon i was in cornfields wheat fields alfalfa fields pea fields i've worn these boots everywhere and it is amazing how comfortable they are how dry they keep your feet how protected they keep your feet and when you take them off and you put them out to dry it's unbelievable how fast they dry how fast they air out and ready for your next hunting excursion i'm telling you these boots are different they fit different they feel different they perform different it's another innovation by the family at Banded. It is absolutely a pleasure to have them as the official footwear of the Foul Life podcast. Their waders are amazing. Their accessories are amazing. Everything Banded, Avery, Greenhead Gear, Avery Sporting Dog stands for is exactly what the tradition and culture of the American Hunter has been built on. It's a band of brothers. We are so proud of it. And these new Black Label Elite knee boots and the camp shoes will absolutely blow your mind and make this a better season than it would have been without them. I promise you that. Get them right now at banded.com or an authorized banded dealer thank you all so much for the support of banded brands throughout the years and trust me we are just getting started our time for today at falco outfitters has come to an end all right guys well this is falco this place is awesome i appreciate y'all letting me hang out dude it has been an absolute ball having you here and you're welcome here anytime y'all come hunt here in northern oklahoma falco outfitters been another episode of the foul life catch every broadcast of the foul life with chad belding on soundcloud iheart spotify and the foul thanks for listening let's keep it foul